good afternoon or morning or evening or whatever it is where you're where you're listening to this but uh i'm paul carruthers from moto america and this is off track our weekly podcast i'm joined today by a couple of sean's actually uh just talking off air, you know, I was saying Sean and, and neither of them knew who I was talking to. So I'm going to call Sean Vice Vice from this point on. And I'm going to call Sean Dylan Kelly, Sean. And uh, we'll see if we can get through this without too many, uh, too many mistakes. But uh, how are you today, Vice? I'm doing pretty well, especially uh, happy to be talking to another Sean. You know, it's funny when I hear somebody or or see somebody whose name is that, it, the, the name can be spelled so many different ways that I get an uh, a, a especially high level of delight when somebody actually spells their name the right way of Sean, which is the way Sean Dylan Kelly spells his name. And it's the true Gaelic spelling, the Gaelic version of the name John. So uh, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty excited to talk to another Sean. I, I got to tell you, you know, when I was a kid growing up, um, I can only remember that there was like one person, Sean Connery, who's who had my name and I would try to tell my teachers, it's like Sean Connery because they could never pronounce my name. It used to drive me nuts. And when we get, when we have Sean Kelly on here, I want, I'm going to ask him if uh, people have trouble uh, pronouncing his name, but there are a few more of us out there nowadays that it's, it's not too bad. But the thing I, the thing I like that he's done is my, my dad, well, my last name is Bice, B-I-C-E. It's four letters. My first name is Sean, S-E-A-N, four letters. So my dad decided in his infinite wisdom that he wanted to have a name, a middle name of four letters too. And I thought, because I thought maybe I would have been a Sean Patrick or something like that. But he said, well, I wanted to call you something with four letters like Sean Paul, but it sounded too Catholic. And my dad we're Methodists and my dad was actually a minister for a while. So it's not that he has anything against Catholics, but I guess he was afraid I was going to sound like a Pope or whatever. So he came up with, and we were talking about this earlier today. My middle name is P-E-R-Y, which is the, the weirdest name ever. Wow. So I didn't, he could have just gone with Jack. That's four letters. <laughs> That would have been pretty good. I guess, uh, yeah, I don't know so what it was about the Perry, P. Peru or Perry? It's Perry. Perry. Yeah, P-E-R-I, Perry. It's spelled, it's pronounced just like if it was like Perry Melnichuk's first name. But in fact, if Perry would have been P-E-R-Y or P-E-R-I, I would have been probably an even bigger fan of him back in the two-stroke days. But uh, yeah, I mean, so it's I'm, just I'm kind of- start calling you Sean Perry Bice. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I used to kind of go by that and then it got shortened and I used to, people used to call me, Sean P all the time. And it was because my name was so short that, you know, I, so, so yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it it occurred to me, I'm like thinking, I wonder if that's why Sean Dylan Kelly has uses his middle name. So let's bring him in and I, these burning questions I need to get answers to. So. (laughs) Yeah, there is quite a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, well, first, first of all, thank you for having me on. Oh, thanks for joining us. I know it was a little bit last minute and You've obviously been pretty busy. You're just back from uh, from finishing second in the Daytona 200, uh, which is Absolutely. quite an accomplishment. And you became the youngest ever pole sitter for that race at 16 years old. So, yeah, we're pumped to have you. We're pumped to have you in our series this coming season. And uh, you're obviously a kid with a bright future. And we're glad you're at least uh, going to share some of that with Moto America. So it'll be it'll be a cool season. And we look forward to talking to you about it here for the next uh, 40 minutes or so. So. Do you want want to start a little bit by talking about Daytona? I mean, it was obviously, I don't know if you went there 
with uh, with high expectations of doing as well as you, as you did, or if it was a surprise? Well, I mean, absolutely. You know, starting first with how, uh, in general, how everything went. You know, it was really good, and and also about what you said, the comment of uh, joining the series this year. Also, super excited to to get on with you guys and uh, and coming finally to uh, to actually race in the states for the for the first time, I guess I could say. Um, and really, just going into the weekend, it was uh, it's more of a long week because we did the first test with the team Tuesday and Wednesday in Jennings. And we hadn't tested all of the preseason. So um, we just immediately went, did two days at Jennings. And then uh, we went, you know, we did Thursday straight to Daytona. And then Friday got, got to work there. So honestly, I think that's what really made the uh, the step up. And I went into the week with, with no expectations, really. You know, I, I just know that um, I had a really good team. I knew that I had the bike that I had. And I knew that I had a really strong teammate. I had Bobby. So... Um, I just went in, I had a new crew chief. I had, you know, I knew some of the mechanics there cause I had worked with the team already a little bit last year and I was just excited to get started, man. I was just so excited to finally get back on a bike. I hadn't gotten on a big bike since last October. So it was, I was just, I was just excited to ride again, to be honest. And already the test in Jennings had gone really well. We did those two days and Bobby and I were both running strong. You know, we were just working well, we were doing strong lap time. So uh, I think the momen- momentum just carried in from from those two days to the test, and it just carried into the weekend. Really, um, we just got straight to work. You know, obviously I had the bike already sort of set up. I was feeling comfortable, and was I expecting the pole position on Friday? Not at all. I was not expecting that. Uh, but you know, it just felt good. And when it was moment to to, to give a little extra, it was just there. You know, so. Um, I think that's still my highlight of the weekend of, of getting that pole position and especially becoming the youngest. It was super exciting for me and for my team and, and especially for my family. So, um, and then, and then the race, we all know that was a whole different story, but man, it was definitely a fun weekend. And I think just about the best way I could have started the, my first real weekend with the team. Sean, you mentioned October, uh, you, that was you were in Daytona. You raced at Daytona in October on that bike, didn't you? Yeah, I raced the the team challenge. Uh, I did it all by myself, which is also like about fifty five laps. So it was pretty much a a training wow. session for the for the two hundred. Um, at the time, it was it was with a team. It was with the same bike, but it was the um Harry the Harry Kiwi bespoke bike, which is kind of like the third bike that they had sponsored at the time. And this sort of came in through uh, Robertino Pietri. Because uh, he was going to do that and he pretty much, you know, last minute he had something come up and, and he just said, hey, man, uh, I can't do it. Do you want to jump on it? I'm like, oh, man, of course. So, um, you know, everything really, really does start from Robertino. He's a super great friend of mine, just a super good supporter as well. So everything started from there really is uh, just got jump on that bike. And then, you know, it went pretty, pretty well in October there, too. So was that uh, was that the first time you raced at Daytona? Yeah, it was. In, uh- in October, wow! So you had essentially a five, a fifty-five lap stint, and then you did a, a fifty-seven lap Daytona two hundred. Of course, there was practice in between that, but you really haven't had a whole ton of laps at Daytona then, and that's that's an unusual track. So tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, correct. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people are you know, they're like, "Oh man, it's only his second time at Daytona," and at Daytona there really isn't that much track time either. You know, it was just October. It was, uh, I think, you know, two practice sessions and then straight to fifty-five laps. And I mean, in a 55 lap race, you know, yeah, it's a pretty good amount of laps, but you can't really be inventing too much in a race. You know, you can't be trying 
too many different stuff or risking too much either. Um, and, and in October, you know, Jake Lewis was running the team challenge as well. So it wasn't like I was just alone. <laughs> um, but now this, you know, from that moment until the test this, this last weekend, um, I didn't jump on a 600 at all. I haven't, I didn't even get on a big track at all. So uh, definitely that was, you know, the most exciting part, just getting back on a big track. And it was really noticeable. Like I mentioned earlier, the test, because uh, the moment, the, I think the, the second session I had on Friday, this last weekend, I already ran my best lap time as October last, last year. So it was just much, much easier to get up to speed. And, and then from there, it was like, again, just carrying that momentum, but uh, for sure, it was noticeable to to get that that riding on last last week. As for the race itself, um, you went a lap down with I I I don't know entirely, but I, it looked like some sort of issue with the with the pit stop. But so you you go a lap down, you come out and you find yourself racing with uh, with those guys again at the front. Um, did you were you thinking ahead enough to think okay this thing could be reflagged and I need to get my lap back or were you just like you know what these guys are my speed I'm gonna race with them? Well, this was actually you know a lot of we see on the social media it's been going pretty crazy about you know people talking of the 200 the red flag saying that it shouldn't have been restarted you know the, the typical talk you know everyone's talking about it but uh, on the bright side they are talking about the race so that's that's something good. But regarding, you know, me, a lot of people, again, were talking bad about me saying that I shouldn't have been racing with the front guys. But uh, in a in a pre-race meeting that we had, they, they clearly mentioned, you know, whatever happens, I have to try and stay on the lead lap. Whatever happens, doesn't matter what happens, doesn't matter if I'm three laps down, one lap down or two seconds, whatever it is, I have to try and stay on the lead lap. And it just turns out that, you know, uh, we had a, you know, a problem in the pit stop. I lost two two minutes in there. And when I got back out a lap later, I was running with Bobby and Pash. And I was like, man, I know these guys don't know I'm running a lap down, but I know I'm a lap down. So um, I really just tried to to stick, you know, up front as much as I could. I knew I couldn't open a gap from them, but, you know, I was just trying to be up front. And um, if it came to the moment where it was the white flag and I had to help my teammate, of, co of course, I was going to have to do it. But um, it, that wasn't the case, you know, was, there was still, you know, a handful of laps left and I was just trying to run my race really. Um, the first thing I told myself when I, when I got out of the pits, you know, I knew I lost a lot of time, but I just told myself, don't give up and just keep on running. And I, uh, keep on running fast laps and just kept on doing my thing. So that at the end of the day, that's what saved my race. And that's what got me my podium. Yeah, I mean, we thought that for, you know, Paul and I were actually uh, communicating back and forth during the race and we were commenting on the fact that you were a lap down, but we actually thought maybe there was some strategy involved there to help your teammate a little bit. You know, obviously M4 Team Hammer is a solid team and, and teamwork's pretty pretty important to them. Um, it didn't even occur to, certainly didn't occur to me that a red flag could happen at that point, but you had mentioned the fact that there were was some, you know, you probably could have helped. Bobby, do you, did you get the sense... Um, especially at that track that that idea of drafting and running together can pull two guys up closer to the front. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. You know, coming from, from the rookies, like I really definitely knew what it was to be running with groups and what it was to slipstream and all that stuff. And, uh, or draft as you guys say, <laughs> um, and really at Daytona, it's, you know, 10 times more, the whole drafting game is, is, is everything. So, um, talking about how it was with Bobby, you know, 
I didn't really know how it was going to go to the end of, you know, at the end of the race. Um, in fact, actually, when the red flag came out, I didn't know what the rules were for 200 either. So since I was used to the, you know, the typical of, you know, I think it's past two thirds, you know, the red flag is just considered done. So when I saw right. the red flag, I was just, I was just bummed out. I was like, oh man, red flag. I just finished like sixth or something. I was like, darn it. You know, we kind of lost the race. But when I got back into the pits, you know, the team were like rushing. I'm like, why are they rushing? You know, like, they're like, we might restart. I'm like, oh, oh man. All right. Um, so, um, and that was just the, the moment that I had passed both of them and I had passed the finish line or the red flag in first or not in first, but you know, in front of the two guys. So I was technically on the lead lap. So I was just really, really happy that I got that opportunity and, um, again, it was just because I, I didn't give up at the time. You know, I could have easily just stick back. Um, I, I did at one point think, you know, should I leave these guys do their own thing? But, you know, team orders are team orders. If they t tell me to stay on the lead lap, I'm going to try my best to stay on the lead lap. So, um, again, you know, we didn't get to the end to the point where I had to help my teammate, but definitely I would have, I would have, if I needed, to, if I would have needed to. Well, let's go back a little bit because the first it's funny. I was thinking about this this morning. The first time I heard your name was, uh, I guess, would have been for the 2015 KTM RC Cup World Finals because we'd sent a couple of riders over there. And then I think that one was at Silverstone. And uh, yeah. and you did really well. And you were riding for Mexico. And I kept thinking to myself, man, that's the most interesting Hispanic name I've ever heard of, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, there must have been some Irish Hispanic mix up there, you know, with the family oh. and all that for to allow this to happen. And then obviously, I found out that you raced in Mexico because they allowed you to do so at a younger age than what than what we allowed. Um, but that was like, that was pretty much a breakthrough for you as far as like, at least American fans knowing more who you were, because you had such a successful world finals, you finished second overall, and I know you won a race. So was that like the beginning for you or what felt like the beginning? Well, yeah. Well, first of all, oh man, you have no idea how many people thought I was Mexican after that. <laughs> that was annoying, <laughs> right. dude. <laughs> oh man, it was, you know, nonstop everyone thinking that it was. But at, at the end of the day, it was, you know, good for me saying that, no, you know, I was American, you know, after people would ask, I was like, no, no, I was American and I was able to, um, to be up there. Was it unfortunate that I had to run the, uh, that I couldn't run my American flag? Yeah, of course. You know, I would have liked to have that on my chest, but um at the end of the day you know if i couldn't run here then i just couldn't you know i just wasn't old enough so uh rules are rules um but uh also you know talking about this whole you know how it went from that i definitely think that was you know like uh the first step into into sort of my more professional side of my career um mexico you know they gave me the opportunity you know i, I won the championship there and then when they gave the opportunity to go to the world finals that was really you know my my first big thing it was my first international race it was my first time really going anywhere so i was just super excited to to get that opportunity and and winning that first race there was just another whole nother dream it was a whole nother thing you know again just something that wasn't really in my vision but uh it happened so finishing second there and just winning the my first ever international race was was a whole nother a whole nother level too and it and it just turns out you know that the selection event for the rookies cup was two weeks after that so i definitely think that winning the first race there had something to do with you know how how they looked at me at the selection event um a lot of you know obviously the selection event for the rookies cup you know everything comes into into play you know, not only how fast you are 
not only how you look or, or, or how you move on the bike or how you appear outside of everything or how you speak. It's everything. So I definitely think that, that this race had a little um, influence on, on the selection event. Um, but really, you know, once I got into the, into the Rookie's Cup, that my, my first ever time there in selection event, everything just switched. It was a, a pretty much a, a turn on switch for my, for my family. And uh, a lot of things have changed from that point on. So just uh it's been a it's been a really long journey that's for sure sean it's interesting because um i didn't realize until you mentioned about mexico now we know alex dumas because he was too young for our uh our rc cup race he raced for a year in mexico was that after you do you know alex um at all um i'm pretty sure we spoke with alex and we got him the contact to go race to mexico I wondered um, if that was it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I didn't, uh, you know, I was like still young at the time. So I didn't, I don't think I directly spoke with him, but it was my dad speaking to Alex's dad about it. Um, and then that was the year I got into the rookie Cup. So that was the year I went to Europe. He went to Mexico. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty sure we did help out with that connection. And then it's pretty funny because, you know, everything just kind of like leads into its own way. Now, you know, he's running the SV with, uh, with with suzuki and i'm in m4 suzuki so everything's kind of like going into into it together so it's pretty cool that's for sure that's very cool yeah now you've spent a lot of time in europe i mean sometimes when i'm when i'm talking to you i even sound like you're a little european but he's got um, he's got a latino a latino accent i think yeah what's that all about Oh man, I'm a mix. I'm everything. I don't know what I am anymore. <laughs> I don't know if I'm American. I don't know if I'm Mexican, Argentinian, Irish. I have no clue. <laughs> um, no, my my parents, both of my parents are Argentinian, so I do have that oh. that uh, that uh, Latino in me. <laughs> um, but now coming from Spain, three years, I have a good mix of Spanish in there too. So um, it's a good mix, but. But yes, uh, my parents are Argentinian. They moved here over 20 years ago. So that's why I was born here and just raised American. <laughs> How in the hell do you end up being Sean Dylan Kelly with that? Background? <laughs> right. Dude, my parents are cool, man. My parents are cool. <laughs> they, they sound like it. Oh, yeah. Big time. They know what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, my... my, my my dad's name is Thomas Patrick Kelly, and he's Argentinian, so that's also something to wonder about. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so no, back, I'm right? pretty sure it's like, yeah, way back. Uh, just We're like a little speck of Irish, that's for sure. Because um, you can't get more any more Irish than Patrick Kelly. Yeah, and you know, it's funny too, Sean, because so Sean Dylan Kelly, who Argentina you mentioned, so Renzo Ferreira, who we know is from Brazil, when we talk to him, the kid sounds like he, you know, he lives in New Jersey. He sounds like he's just a regular American. He sounds less ethnic than you do. Have you ever met Renzo? Uh, no, I don't think so, actually. <laughs> you'll, you'll see him this year. He races, uh, he raced in Junior Cup. Um, like I said, he's from, he's from Brazil, but, uh, you wouldn't yeah. know by talking to him. He races with quarterly racing a little bit. He did last year. I don't think he is this year again, but uh, at any rate, it's just kind of funny how the name doesn't necessarily, uh, give away no, who, where no. the person's from. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's for sure. I mean, also I'm a Miami boy, so there's a mix over here, you know, there's everyone right. here. Big time. So how did you, I see from looking at your background, I mean, you, you did a lot of supermoto riding when you were, when you were a real little kid. How, 
how did the motorsports thing come around? Because I don't think your dad was involved in it at all, you know, before you, right? No, that's right. Uh, most most kids do get into racing because of their parents, but uh, my parents were, were not into it at all. They were just, you know, normal people, <laughs> normal people working every day in normal hours. But uh, I think I was just born with something in my blood, really, you know, since I was a little kid, since I was one, two, three years old, I was always, you know, with with toys, with cars, with motorcycles, I would want to take pictures with everything I saw. So um, when I was three years old, I was riding, already riding a bicycle with, with no uh, training wheels. So um, I guess it was just, you know, something that I got into from, from the moment I was born. And then when I was five, I told my parents that I wanted to try go-kart. And we went to Opalaka, which is the nearest, you know, outdoor little track we have here. And they didn't let me ride a go-kart because I wasn't old enough. But just in front of the rentals for the go-karts, they had a little motorcycle warehouse. And there was a little pocket bike there. And we spoke with a guy that was working there. And he was like, hey, you know, uh, if you want to get into go-kart racing, it's pretty expensive. I mean, not that motorcycle racing isn't, but a little bit more than, than what we do. And they just said, you know, if he wants to, if he wants to try a little pocket bike, he can, he can try it today. So don't ask me how my parents let me at five years old try a pocket bike on a track. But it happened. And from that moment, it, it just, it just clicked, man. I just, you know, I, I imagine me, little five-year-old me, you know, my long hair over there, just having fun on a little pocket bike. And from then on, it was just, I got hooked into it. You know, we, we found a little motorcycle. My dad built up a little, a little Peewee 80 for me. And it just started from there. We just started doing local races. And from then on, everything is, uh, is up, upwards and onwards. The, the PW80 you were talking about that your dad made, did, it, did he make it into a road racer or did you do off-road with it or motocross? He did put uh, Motard uh, tires oh, into it. Oh, so, so, so super yeah. moto, like, yeah, like Paul said. Okay, it, gotcha. It, exactly, exactly, yeah. Okay. Now, getting started and going through what you you had to go through to learn how to do all this, I mean, that comes easier when you do have parents or whatever that have some experience. How Did you have anybody that, that helped you or did you just have to figure it all out on your own? Uh, honestly, it was just the teamwork of me and my dad. <laughs> it was really wow. us, you know, just, just, just climbing and just, you know, getting, you know, a little information from everywhere we can, from the people we know. You know, obviously, at the end of the day, you know, you start meeting people that know and all like, all like this, but I never had, you know... Uh, a signature person or a signature coach or anything like this. It was just really getting the speckle of everyone. And, and, and it was just us two with our little van and just going to all the races we could and step-by-step uh, step really doing everything. So uh, definitely my dad is the one that's, that's uh, made all this possible. Cause also it was just him, you know, he was the one driving 20 hours and every single weekend. So <laughs> definitely hats off to him. Yeah, he must have been a proud man on on Saturday night at uh, at Daytona then. Oh yeah, big time. And and luckily my my parents, both of my parents were able to be there. My sister was able to come down from Georgia, and we had some other family friends. So it was really really nice to to have them there. And it feels good really to to see everyone happy and just everyone celebrating there. You know, it's been a while since we were all together like that. Did did the success you had at Daytona? Does that I mean, is is that going to translate to like, do, do you feel like you got a lot more confidence going into road Atlanta than you would have if, if the Daytona thing hadn't happened? I'm going to be honest with you. It does. It does definitely help. Um, before even the test had happened, you know, even with the test itself, it would have helped. But just going, you know, before the test, it was like, you know, I had 
I had read in the six there six hundred once or, or twice, but you know I didn't really know what to expect. You know I haven't really ridden with with you know any any track like the Moto America series. I hadn't really ridden with any guys from Moto America, so I didn't really know exactly you know how I would how how I would you know just get into it and how I would uh directly be you know from the mo from the start. So um, did the test and the, the Daytona help? Yeah, absolutely. Now I uh, I think I know a little bit more of what to expect, and um, it doesn't change, you know, of of my plan. It doesn't change of how I'm gonna work. You know, I'm still gonna keep on working in the same exact direction that I was, uh, training just as much or more, and just uh, keep on working with the team exactly how we how we have been. Uh, I think I just have to keep on on staying with this mindset and just keep on rowing forward. Well, you're certainly you're certainly with a really great team. There's no doubt about that. You know, one of the things that I couldn't believe, and this is not taking anything away from you, Sean, but uh, Bob. So Bobby was on provisional pole. Then you got the pole. I mean, the pl the place is crawling with Yamaha R sixes, of course, as you'd expect. But you guys were super fast on those two bikes. My gosh, those Suzuki GSX R six hundreds have a lot of speed, and it seems to act. It seems to uh, foretell good things to come for this season and picking up right where Valentin Debis left off with, and maybe even doing better with him than him with, uh, being up at the front. Is that, is that what you're hoping for? And, and did, did you, do you know from the team if, did they find a little something more in that bike this year or is it just you guys what's going on there? Well, I mean, first of all, I was also myself impressed with how good the Suzuki's were running. I mean, <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, you know, people, people always say, you know, no, the Suzuki's have this and this compared to the Yamaha's or this and this, but man, you know, already directly in Jennings, we were running really competitive lap times and it was like, holy crap, you know, this, these things are really good. And I was just feeling super comfortable. And obviously, you know, that has to do with, with how the team works. You know, my, my crew chief was super good. And I know, uh, in general, just everyone that's working on the bikes here are, are really professional and they really know what they're doing. So, um, do I know if, if they found something compared to last year? I really don't know. I, I wouldn't be able to say, but that we were strong enough to be up there, that's for sure, you know. And um, again, you know, this this does already start from, from Jennings. You know, we were just already doing uh, really solid work there. And then at Daytona, seeing that we were both, you know, one, two, one, two, one, two the whole weekend, that was really strong. So um, I think we should be pretty proud of, of everyone on the team for the work that they've been doing and that. Uh, we're up there and now you know just going into into the season I think it's it's really good for again for the team and it's really good for me for Bobby uh, just in, in general for everyone you know knowing that that we can be up there and um, I guess we'll just see how how uh, we can take the the season now you know there's some disadvantage to how well you did because yeah. you, show up at Rota, <laughs> you show up at Road Atlanta now and you can't just kind of sneak in the back door and nobody know who you are now you go to road Atlanta and there's like, Oh, we know who this kid is and we know what he can do. And suddenly there's, you know, they, they might think a little differently about you and the sneaking up part has probably completely gone out the window. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, I, I agree with what you say, but I guess the sneaking in, I already did it this past weekend. So I was going to have to do it eventually. <laughs> That's true. Um, um, no, but you know, like you say, yeah, at this, at the same time, you know, I still don't have any more or any less pressure, you know, the, the pressure that I have is, is directly from myself. You know, it's just uh, doing my, you know, really any proving that I have to do is really just to myself. I don't really feel like I have to do it to anyone else. So um, does this, you know, change a little bit? Of course, the result does change how, how I look into the season. So 
Um, but at, at the end of the day, you know, we're just me and my team, you know, I still feel the same way as I did before. So um, we're still going to try and win. So we'll try our best. <laughs> now, at the end of last season, you did you did the test at Barber. Is that other than that, other than the riding the, the day at, the, at Barber, have you ridden at on any of our tracks at all? Or the, is it going to be your first time everywhere we go? That's yeah, that Barber was the only the only Moto America track that I've done. And it was just one pretty much not even a full day. It was, you know, half a day and I had just got off and got off a flight and I was got off uh, the last Rookies Cup race. So it was like a whole a whole mixture of things for that day. But yeah, Barber is the only track that I've ridden. Uh, all the other ones will be will be a surprise. And it, it's funny, you know, I, I've been explaining this to, to a lot of people the last weekend is just now where I learned all the European tracks, I'm going to come here and learn all the American tracks. So it's like, <laughs> man, I'll, I'll never, I'll never really settle anywhere, but Hey, I guess that's, that's good. You know? And, um, talking about learning tracks and stuff, I think coming from, from Europe and coming from, from the rookies cup, I had to learn all the tracks the first year of my rookies cup. And that was very, very difficult. So I think I have, you know, uh, a pretty good, um work in the adapt and the adaptive side of me so we'll try and make it as quick as possible you know some weekends there aren't you know there isn't too much time on friday for for the practice or whatever but we'll we'll try and uh we'll see from there how it goes i wanted to ask you something specific about rookies cup and this may have changed from when they used to run the 125 two strokes to what they're doing now in that uh that series but so of course it's a level playing field it's spec racing but we've heard from different riders and you know we've talked to a number of riders that have you know obviously jd jake Gagne, cameron bobier matthew skultz and i'm not going to name any of them specifically but uh I, we've heard that it isn't always a level playing field so much depends on your mechanic and i don't know if that's still the case as it was in the two-stroke days when they were dealing with jetting and all that but um what, what's your reaction to that do you is it is it truly uh you know fair i guess a good yeah way to put no, it. no no it's that that's that's really like the first question that i get from everyone asking about the rookies, rookies cup um and i'm gonna be honest with you i think it's as fair as it can get um we 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 were we were even running the same tire pressures we changed the tires everyone is running always the same tires same tire pressures same gasoline i mean everything is really really as similar as it can get do you see that there's um, sometimes a little bit more, um, how, how can you put it, a little bit more energy going into one rider or another? Yeah, you can see, right. it, you know, sometimes, you know, Dorna does prefer certain flags. Dorna does prefer certain riders, but, you know, I guess it's always going to happen. You know, it's just the, the reality, you know, just, that's always going to be there. Um, but does that change that certain bikes are faster or certain bikes are slower? I really don't think so. Uh, and I'm, and I'm going to be honest with you, you know, I'm saying that from me this year being the heaviest rider and me suffering this year in the straights, you know, but you know, the backs are the same. So in the turns, they're all the same thing. So, um, no excuses on that side and, and really, uh, props to, to the rookies cup for really doing the, the best jobs on that side, because, um, you don't see this type of racing anywhere else and you don't see this type of support anywhere else. So definitely can't say anything about that. As far as what you're looking for in 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 the future, are you looking to you know do as well as you can in Moto America and then leave to go to Moto Three or Moto Two, or now is your goals to maybe go into AMA, uh, Moto America Superbike? 
Where, where do you stand with that at this point? Honestly, it's hard to say for me right now. Um, I don't want to leave the European scene because, you know, I've spent three years there and I've, I've, I've built good relationships. I still have a lot of interest over there, you know, me over there and also people from over there to me. So I don't want to just sort of leave there as if nothing would have ever happened, you know? Um, but at the same time, you know, I've gotten such a good opportunity here that, you know, um, I guess we'll just see how, how everything grows. And, you know, I just have to focus on what we're at right now. You know, I have already two years signed for, for M4 Suzuki. So we're going to keep on this direction. And at the end of the day, we'll see what the future holds. You know, we've talked to Garrett Gerloff a couple of times uh, and talked about Garrett a little bit and the fact that he's becoming fluent in Spanish for a couple of reasons. Sean, I'm sure you must be fluent in, in your, uh, well, maybe you're more fluent in that. I don't know. You're pretty fluent in English. I know that. But you, you, clearly, you, you clearly can speak Spanish. And uh, does that help you over there? Have you found that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, knowing Spanish was the the best thing that could have happened to me because English and Spanish are obviously the two most common languages. And in the paddock, it's the only two things that are spoken pretty much. So um, for me, you know, my first, you know, well, just the three years, really just going around and being able to speak to teams and starting to speak in Spanish. And then when they would ask me where I'm from to say American, they were everyone was surprised, you know, so <laughs> that was a pretty good fir first step into the paddock. Um, and I know that, you know, a lot of Americans that have or that are in, in, in Europe right now, they do struggle with, you know, communicating and, and I think that's one of the most important things, you know, right now in the, in the motorcycle world, just getting contacts, knowing people and speaking is really one of the most important things. So that was definitely a huge, huge thing for me over there. Mm -hmm. Have you worked with a rider coach or do you plan to at any point? I mean, I know your dad's helped you. Uh, I didn't hear or get a sense that you've had, you know, formal training from a coach, but maybe you have or you're planning to. Can you tell us? what you're thinking on that realm? Uh, to be honest, the only real coach, riding coach that I've had to this point was Jorge Lorenzo's father. Um, oh yeah. I did have, he worked, with, did he, have, he worked with Benny. He worked with Benny Solis quite a bit too, didn't he? Correct. Correct. We were, we sort of, we sort of had uh, the same training at the same time. So Benny and I did sort of uh, do, you know, trainings at the same time with, with Chicho, with, with Jorge Lorenzo's dad. And, um, this was for a couple of years. This was a couple of years of a lot of training. And I definitely believe that he is, um, uh, a good reason that I am in the technical aspect. I am who I am. Um, then, you know, it is also, you know, a combination of things, you know, it's not just one thing or another, but, um, he did def definitely help in, in some aspect. And, you know, we stopped working for a, a couple of years ago now because, you know, he went his route. I went my route. Um, but when it comes to the future, I really don't know. Um, it's hard to say about rider coaches, you know. It's not going bad for me right now, but I, neither have I had the opportunity to have, you know, like a certain um, track day bike. I haven't really been able to, to have my own bike to go to big tracks and train. So, um you know, really up to this point for the last years is just, you know, whenever I raced is whenever I was on a big bike and a big track. So, um, well, I was even wondering with yeah. Chris Ulrich because, you know, Chris himself is a rider coach. So has he started to do any of that or do you think he will during the season a little bit? No. Yeah, absolutely. The team does everything, absolutely everything they can to, to get any little information out. And in fact, um, 
Chris in the barber test, which was my first ever time with them, with the team, it was uh, Chris was out there the whole day with me and he was helping me out with just about anything he could. So it's very noticeable, you know, the, the information that they have. And uh, from that moment, we've already been working in the same direction. And I know that it'll continue like that for the, throughout the season. So that's definitely um, a plus one. How close is your bike set up to, to your teammate, Bobby Fong? That's a good question. <laughs> um, we, in, in the Jennings test, I know that we sort of worked in the same direction. Um, we didn't really, you know, go different routes or at least not too much, but when it comes to right now, how the bike is set up, I'm not too sure. Um, like I said, I know that, you know, throughout like what information he got, what information I got throughout, you know, the riding, the, the laps and stuff that we were sort of working in the same direction, which is really, really good for us and for the team, um, especially for the rest of the season. But I don't think our bikes are set up too differently right now. I think maybe the only, the only thing would be weight difference, but we don't even, we, there's not much weight difference between us two. So I don't think there's much of a difference. In fact, I used to think of you as being a, a small rider, but to your point, you've grown a lot. You must be taller than Bobby now, aren't you? Um, I, I think I am. Yeah, I think I am. I, no I've bit, grown yeah. a lot in the last, I've grown a lot lately and I'm pretty glad I'm on a 600 now. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I am because, uh, like I, like I mentioned earlier, this last, this last year, I was the heaviest rider on the moto in the rookies cup and wow. man, it was really noticeable. And with those things that are spec 250s and, you know, they aren't really that powerful, it was very noticeable. So I'm definitely glad I'm on a power, powerful Suzuki right now. Now, I've been looking, obviously, at your Instagram and, and other social media. You, I can tell you do a lot of training and, and some of the stuff you do looks, you know, it's, it's pretty impressive, the things you are doing. And for somebody who's 16 years old to, to be willing to work as hard as you are, is, I mean, I think that says a lot about you. Is it something you enjoy? Oh, absolutely. I, I really do enjoy it. I really do enjoy what, what I do. And I take this right now, you know, the most serious I've ever taken it. And I feel like, you know, it's just like constant growing. Um, I feel like this last year is where I really made, you know, some, some, some little change in my, in my mindset. And we, we've been living, it was just me and my dad living out in Spain. We were living in a little town uh, in the middle of, of nowhere, pretty much. And it was just me and my my complete dedication to to training every single day. Um, I would cycle every day for four or five hours by myself. I would ride by myself. I would, you know, completely just go out there and do my thing every single day of the week. So um, that really like changed my my way of doing uh, of being really. And I didn't think I would be able to enjoy it so much. You know, I think it's at the end of the day, it's the balance. You know, neither am I like 100 percent, you know always doing it you know i find my free time and i find my 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 way of you know getting getting out of it when you have to and it's really just the balance because man i just i really do find it you know very enjoyable to just at the end of the day it's just how you see you know yourself improving so um i i just try and work as much as i can and just try and get faster and faster really so two questions for you uh sean so you you you're 16. The first question I have, and I'll ask you the second one after this, so you can answer them, both, answer them both together. Do you have a driver's license right now? And is your is your dad going to be with you coming to all the rounds since you are only 16? So talking about the driver's license, I got it 
uh, maybe a month or two ago, and it's probably the worst thing that could have happened to me. <laughs> I've been driving. I've been driving so much, man. <laughs> I've been driving so much, but uh, no, it was it was the worst and the best thing that could have happened because um, my you know now that we're back in the states, we we got a little a little van, my dad and I, and I've just been grabbing my bike, putting it up there, and just going to to wherever I can. And I have a really good place a couple hours away. So I've been doing quite a lot of hours of driving already. But um, it's good to not have to interfere with my with my dad all the time. You know, up to this point, he's been the one 100% completely on me everywhere, wherever I had to go. Obviously, he had to come with me. He's, you know, he's been, well, he still is everything. You know, he's still my mechanic. He's still my, my just everything. So, um, but, you know, it's nice to have this freedom of, you know, okay, mom, you have to work, daddy, you have to work. Then, you know, I can do my thing. So it's definitely hypes to have this, uh, this, this, this freedom, I guess we can say, and still, and still work, you know, and not have to depend on anyone. It's definitely really good. Um, but talking about my dad in the, in the series, um, hopefully I can have my parents in, in, all of the rounds, I don't think they'll be able to just because of, of, of money. Um, it's not, you know, it's not the cheapest thing to be flying around and stuff like this. So um, obviously they're going to try and make it to all the rounds, but I don't know if it's going to be possible. I, I really hope so. All right, guys, I think that's probably a pretty good stopping point. Um, I want to remind everybody out there that our, our new streaming, our live streaming Moto America Live Plus uh, we only have what eleven days or or less actually by the time you hear this to uh, to get the good deal on the on the Moto America Live Plus. Uh, it's going to stream all of our races. You'll be able to see Sean Kelly, Sean Dylan Kelly. You might even get a glimpse of Sean Bice. <laughs> I hope um, not. <laughs> you know, he won't actually be standing on the podium, but he kind of wanders <laughs> around there a little bit, you know, in dreamland, hoping that he could someday get to the top step of the podium. But so Stalker. make sure. Make sure you guys, uh, you know, get your subscriptions in line and save yourself a bit of money before the season actually starts. And obviously, we'd also like to see as many of you as we can at our events. So uh, if you're in the Atlanta area, we we would love to uh, have you come out to the, the lovely little town of Brazelton and and romp around in the uh, in the red Georgia clay with us and watch some good motorcycle racing. So we hope to see you all soon. Um, for those of you who listen to the podcast, please continue to do so uh give us some good uh some good likes and uh put your notifications on so that you can find out exactly when the show is available on a saturday and sean thank you for oh no i i, I you're both gonna answer <laughs> so, ice, ice, ice thank you for helping out as always and uh and sean dylan kelly i appreciate you coming on you're a you're a nice young man i can tell already we're gonna have a lot of fun this year and i think you'll be in uh you'll be in a lot of those post-race press conferences with sean and i so It'll be good to catch up when we see you in uh, in Atlanta. I definitely hope so. Definitely hope so. I hope that that's the way uh, that we're going to continue like this. And Paul and Sean, just thank you guys again for having me. And thank you, everyone, that's uh, listened to this. And I hope to see everyone in Moto America Series this year. All right, guys. Thank you very much. <laughs>